Beth. And I'm Jamie. Welcome to Driver Picks the Podcast. Where I pick the podcast. And I shut my cake hole. And today we are joined by August and Beth for another bonus episode after Kripke Era. Do you want to say hello? Hello. Hello. <laughs> I do this every time and I always realise <laughs> as I'm doing it that I'm really putting you all on the spot. Like, say hello. <laughs> do it. It's so nice to be back. It's so wonderful to have you both. I'm very excited. So today we are going to be ranking all of the first five seasons of Kripke Era from best to worst in our subjective opinions. <laughs> mm, I'm so curious about yours, Jamie. I feel like I have so, a pretty decent guess about both of the bests. I'm very interested to see Jamie. Jamie always surprises me. So, all right, I might kick us off. I am going to say that my number five pick in terms of seasons overall is going to be season three. And originally we did want to have Elena on for this episode yeah. because they are a season three stan and we wanted them to have an opportunity to defend their baby. But unfortunately, we just couldn't make it work. So Elena, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to text Elena and be like, if you give us your ranking, I will read it. Oh, okay. yeah, please do Don't that. Please do that. Mm -hmm because I would love to hear their defense, even if they aren't here to give it themselves. <laughs> but season three for me is just, I think, don't get me wrong, there are some banger episodes. Like we're going to do our top five episodes episode later. And there are season three episodes definitely within like my favorites. But the season overall, I spend the whole time just wishing I was watching season four. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's only 16 episodes long, and yet somehow it feels like the longest season of Kripke era. I feel like they really wrote themselves into a bit of a corner with the demon deal, because they can't progress the plot, because to progress the plot is basically the whole point of the finale, so they can't get there too soon, but also there's nowhere else for them to go. Anyway, it's uh, that's my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I also have season three ranked my lowest. I'm sorry to my co-host Elena who would rank this higher, and I will say that they have good reasons for why they personally rank it higher. I think it, for a lot of the same reasons that Beth said, but also I think the writers strike, like, changed their original plan, and so, like, I'm really glad for how that ended up working out in, you know, future seasons, but it does make season three kind of, like, stutter a little bit on its way, and I feel like, when I think about, like, what are episodes I really love in season three, there's, like, three of them. To be fair, in a 16-episode season, that's, like, you know, a pretty alright percentage. <laughs> oh, it really is. But when I think of, like, overarching plots, I just don't have anything interesting to think about because, like you said, it's kind of going one direction and they don't spend enough time on any of the, like, subplots that were cool. Like, mm -hmm. the Bella stuff, you're like, that's awesome, but they don't spend a lot of time on it. I also rank season three <laughs> in number five. We really needed Elena here to, like, balance that. So sorry, Elena. Raising Perdition is just got done doing season three, so it's like pretty fresh in my mind. And I just remember like constantly being like, the pacing is weird. Like I know that they suffered because of the writer's strike and all that, but the pacing just is not. And the pacing of Supernatural is always weird. True. I just feel like it was worse. <laughs> like it was really fucked over by the writer's strike. Especially the end of season three. If you have like long distance call and then the one with Doc Benton. Where episodes are spaced plot importance doesn't is not the same way they're spaced in other times right actually jamie made a a really good point i think when we were going through it for driver pigs and it was like 
they finally picked up to a pace in season two where it was like, okay, like we've got some momentum. We were going somewhere. And then season three was like hitting a wall. Like it was just like all momentum that they had finally kind of charged up sort of stopped. And it was kind of like, oh, now what? (laughs) (laughs) Now to break ranks, (laughs) my least favorite season of Kripke has to be season one. By far. I was looking at my notes. I'm like, all of these episodes are really mediocre. There's nothing that stands out. I didn't really like the plot. Like, I get that they're trying to find John or whatever the fuck, but I don't <laughs> even I didn't care. They hadn't introduced any side characters that I really liked at that point. Like, we had Meg, but we had Meg for, what, like, two episodes? Meg was like, erratic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was like, there was just nothing to me that makes me think like, oh, yeah, no, I really enjoyed season one or like even it's better than any other season within Kripke because I think every other season for me has like high points that I'm like, okay, maybe I didn't like the season as a whole, but at least it has individual episodes where I can look at them and go, they were doing some things. Maybe it didn't pan out as a whole, but at least they were trying something. Like season one for me is just very, very mediocre, which I think is almost worse than being bad. This is actually a nice segue because my number four is season one. (laughs) And my reasoning for that is that it's just not that memorable. Like as a season, because like, yeah, Jamie's made a point. Like if I'm thinking about season one supernatural, the stuff that jumps to mind is like bugs. It's Route 666. Wendigo it's like the episodes where I'm like oh the ones we all make fun of you know the ones that are notoriously bad the only episode that springs to mind for me for season one that we don't make fun of is like Faith see because that's what I was just gonna say but I also think that there are really great episodes in there but you have to have seen more of the show to fully appreciate them so I think coming back to season one is more interesting than watching it the first time through I think Faith has rewatchability through the fucking roof. Dead Man's Blood is also like something wicked is in season one, which is such a good episode. Again, I think heightened by retrospect. There is so much in season one, especially once you get to the end of the final plot of Crypt. I remember even watching the first half of the first season with Jamie and sitting there going, oh my God, the Michael Lucifer plot line is already here. And I recognize they didn't intend that. But watching it back, I'm like, the dynamics that they're building the characterization that they're baked in at this point it's like being hit in the face with a frying pan it's so obvious once you know like the arguments that they're having dean talking about what it means to be a good son the different ways that they relate to each other regarding john and their upbringing and all this stuff i think that season one has a higher rewatchability in terms of like once you know you can go back to it and it's like that's that's my argument for season one personally also it's like nostalgia like, I've seen the pilot so many times, like, when I'm like, oh, hey, let me try and get you into Supernatural. And I, like, watch the first four episodes with someone. I've seen those episodes more than, like, any other part of the show. <laughs> I also have season one as my fourth in Kripke era for, like, I don't have a, a much to add to, like, what you've already said. I have a few episodes that I really love. I also think of, like, ones like um, Dead in the Water, which I quite like. I think because there's so many good characters, there's a lot of good characters building stuff in season one but the plot is like kind of whatever and you can get more out of it after you've seen stuff that comes later i also think that it suffers in the same way that season three does where like they've set up very early on that plot is fine dad you know when you compare it to like seasons two and four and five and the plots of those seasons like those are just dynamic plots with not a clear end whereas like when the end is like 
Dean goes to hell or they find dad. Like those are really closed endings. And well, I don't think the execution is like all that bad at the end of season one. It's just not as like fascinating. Season one is also my number four. So I'm glad we're really <laughs> different. Everything that you guys said, you you said it all. I think it was a decent setup to like season two. It unfortunately suffers from having too much John Winchester while also <laughs> not enough because he's horrible, but you know. That's right. Well, my number four was season three. And the reason why I rank it above season one is just because when I was looking at like what are my top episodes of Kripke, too many of them appeared in season three for me to be able to in good conscience say, oh no, this is the worst season of Kripke era. It just suffers from like the pacing and the plot. And the season one issues, like just general first season issues of a show from the 2000s. Okay, so my number three is going to be season two. And I, you guys are nodding. And it, what is funny to me is I'm wondering if we're going to have identical lists. <laughs> I feel like we might. <laughs> I wasn't sure. This was the part where I thought it might diverge if it was going to. And now that it hasn't, I'm not. I'm interested to see what everyone's ones and two are. But am I right in saying that do we all have season two as our number three? No. Jamie doesn't. Do you guys? I do. Yeah. I do. Okay, great. But I also so- did struggle. <laughs> I struggled just a little. There was a part of me that almost placed it differently. Yeah, but me too. I, I didn't struggle. I landed with it at season. Okay, cool. In that case, instead of me saying all of my reasons and then you guys just happen to say, yeah, the same, do we all want to discuss it? <laughs> sure. <laughs> that sounds reasonable. Cool. Do you, does someone else want to start? Beth, do you maybe want to start? We'll go backwards. <laughs> sure. I think that season two spot is really, really good. Azazel is a great big bad. The stakes are high. It's tensions are high. I, I really like it. The only reason why it's not above is because there is no Castiel. <laughs> and as a cast girly. Like, it doesn't make sense for him to be there, obviously. But, like... They could have made it work if they really wanted to. If they, they wanted, wanted to, they, they could have. <laughs> but uh, overall, the story is good. I remember, like, when we were going through season two, I was like, these are this is actually really good. Because I, like, rarely restarted the first seasons. I would always start at season four if I was going to rewatch. So... I was surprised with it. Yeah, I've always really liked season two. I think it's when the show like gets its legs about like what it is beyond a just like monster of the week sort of show. Like it becomes a, it actually has a plot line that's like bigger and you know, the introduction of like a lot more lore. I like love that about season two. It largely lands in this position because not because I think it's a bad season, but just because I think the other two seasons are better. Like, they're all three of the the seasons I really love for, like, their own diverse reasons, but I just love season two the least. I put season two as my number three for a couple of reasons. Number one, I agree with what you guys have just said. Like, I think that Zazel is a fantastic big bag. I really love the plot line of, like, the special children. Mm-hmm. I love the Demon Hunger games. Like, I love that whole... Especially on the first watch, they're like... Yeah, you yeah. know? I love that they had the guts to actually kill Sam at the end. Yeah. Like, who is doing that? Who is like, you know what? We're going to kill one of the main protagonists and that's going to be how we close out the season. Like, no one is doing it like this. So, you know, I really like the overarching plot of season two. I think it's very fun. I think as far as pacing goes, it's actually one of the better paced plot lines across Kripke era. Less duds in general. Yeah. And also I think it does well to sort of bring together like it doesn't feel like the season two plotline comes out of nowhere it feels like it's 
been baked into season one enough that you're like, oh, this is not shocking information. Like, this makes sense. But it's also like, oh, where are they going to go with it? And the other reason is because I think it is the only solid Sam season in Kripke era. As soon as Cass is introduced, it's really the Cass and Dean show. And I think a lot of season one is really actually the Dean show. But season two, I think, is it's the most consistently Sam. He obviously gets like interesting plot lines specifically in season four. But I think that season two is more interesting, personally. And I think that I always come back to this one thing that KJ said like fucking way back when, I think before I'd even met them, <laughs> which was, I think they were, either they were a guest on Queering Things or vice versa. And I was listening to the episode and they said that Sam is being utilized as a plot device. He is not so much a character as he is a way for the plot to move from point A to point B. And I think that as a character study, it's really fascinating to see the way that Sam does sort of function as like both of those things. Like he is a core character, but he is also the plot, and, mm-hmm. you know, and watching that kind of happen. And also I just think that In My Time of Dying is maybe one of the strongest season openers that we have, particularly in Kripke era, but honestly through the rest of the show, it still holds up as a very strong season opener. I think it's interesting. Like season one thinks it's about Sam, but really isn't. Season two is actually about Sam. Season three is definitely about Dean. Season four is, again, thinks it's about Sam, but is actually about Dean and mm-hmm. um, is actually largely about Cass. Cass and yeah. then I think season five is thinks it's about both of them and kind of it, but also like, mm, also kind of isn't. <laughs> well, and then I think by the time you're getting to season five, it's kind of like the Jeremy Carver effect of like Sam's doing yeah. something, but no one remembers what, because whatever Dean and Cass were doing was more important or more interesting. Like, and it's, you know, like, I think that Sam is, as a character, is treated the best by the narrative and by the writers in season two. And I love Sam. So I like, oh, it's yeah. nice to have an occasion where, like, I feel like they actually give him, as a character, room to breathe and, like, to flesh him out and to actually explore what is happening in more of an in-depth, you know, look. Whereas I think that it kind of gets toned down I guess for the other seasons like there's like stuff that they're focusing on harder in other seasons whereas that really is the big thing of season like the special children arc is the arc and Sam is right at the the core of that my third (laughs) pick is actually season five and I think season five was on the way to being ranked higher for me than season two but then the last, like, two episodes happened. And it's, like, all of the momentum they built up through the season just stopped, which means that I think inherently it's a worse-paced season. I didn't enjoy the way the season ended. I didn't like the last Spoilers two episodes. for you guys who haven't heard episodes <laughs> I also think the entire, like, Lisa plotline of it all is really frustrating for me because I yeah. just don't think that it's actually that cohesive with the narrative it feels like they were like oh we're trying to force an agenda here which I don't like that much spoilers now I feel like we're probably about to go into number two anyway my second favorite season was season two and I want to defend this choice now (laughs) because that season gave us Ava who I adore Mm -hmm. we got more Meg content which I adore and where they also killed John, which just nudges <laughs> it above season five. 
You know what? Honestly, that makes sense. If you if the end of season five is not satisfying to you, based on the reasons, the things you didn't like about season five, that makes perfect sense. So this is where my ranking gets a little bit harder. (laughs) (laughs) They're the hardest two to place. Mm, In my mind, right, if I think about Kripke era, seasons four and five to me feel like one. Because I feel like season four, like, especially the finale, is just kind of like, the entirety of season four feels like it's a setup for season five, but I think in, like, the best way. So, in my mind, I always thought that season four was my favorite season of Kripke. And then today I was going through my list of episodes and I thought to myself, do you know what? It might be season five. I think that my second favorite season of Kripke era is season four. Which is shocking even for me. (laughs) Because up until literally like an hour ago, I was like, yeah, season four will be number one. But I think season four comes in number two. I don't really have a reason for ranking it lower than season five, except that I've recently been reminded how good season five is. I love the Ruby plotline, particularly at the very end when she does her like, I'm awesome monologue speech. I love, obviously, we get Cass in that season and he's just phenomenal. I love so many episodes in that season. We get Anna, we get all of the angels, actually. We get like Zachariah, you know, and it's so fun. It really spices everything up from, especially coming out of season three, because I think maybe that's also it. Like season four coming out of season three is just such a marked step up that it just feels like, oh, this is the good shit now. Yeah, I don't know. Season four is just, it slaps. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I need to say my number two and my number, like, saying my number one at this point. Well, once yeah, you've like, said your number two. <laughs> That's the thing. I also struggle with this because season four and five feel so, like, one thing, like, one plotline. And it's interesting because I previously would have done the opposite of Beth, um, where really? I would have actually said season five was my first and I would have said season four was my second, and that is now where now I would actually put five in my number four spot and I would put four in my number one spot and largely that's because I look at the actual episodes and I go what are like some of the episodes that I go back to the most what are some of the ones I think are like the most fun or interesting what are are the ones have the like have the special sauce and I think like season four really has that it's a really close one and two. Like, it's a really close one and two. Like, on a different day, I would flip them. I think for me, the reason why I'd rank number four above number five is just I think the pacing of season four is so much better than season five. Like, I think the quality of individual episodes doesn't change season no, season. Yeah. But it's just the actual plot and the pacing over the whole season, I think, is better in season four than season five. I think that's true. I don't think I feel like it's as drastic as, as you feel. I don't feel like I have quite as much beef with the pacing of season five, but I think I do agree that like generally episodes are similar quality, but four is really, really well paced, really well spaced out. Um, I also think four has really interesting character arcs for all three of the main characters. That's that's another thing that kind of pushes it ahead for me is that Dean has his post-hell trauma also gay crisis arc yes yeah. has his free will also gay crisis, gay crisis arc. <laughs> sam has his i'm hooking up with a demon and demon blood and addiction right crisis you know yeah like so everyone's having a crisis but like it's got some of the like really juicy character stuff i also like we get shock introduced we get a whole like lot of like lore 
and like heaven and hell stuff and I really love that it's got some also an introduction of like some characters that I really really love like Anna and um I think that also helps it for me so yeah that's where and and five I again close close second I think that I love five because it feels like it brings together everything from the first five seasons and it also has just some absolute bangers in it season five would have been my number two pick if they didn't do the last two fucking episodes like that. It's so like, funny listening to Katie talk about season five is like listening to anyone else talk about season 15. It's so funny to me. <laughs> it's so funny because I do not, and that's such a, like, I don't know if I've ever heard such an extreme response about the end of season five, ever. It's so funny to me. It just annoys me because they were like building up the pace. They were building up the pace. And then they were just like, mm, what if we just stop that? Like, to an extent, I understand what Jamie means because as much as Swan Song, like, I love it but I have like a emotional love for it I think if you're looking at it like objectively like and appraising it as a piece of television I think that it's not nearly as strong as some of the other episodes that they've done before <laughs> and not even as strong as some of the other season finales so I think that like think the pacing of 521 does do it a disservice but then also because it is the final episode of Kripke era and it's supposed to sum up that whole plot line but it's actually quite a slow episode to watch it doesn't feel like it's really building much tension as you're watching it. And also, I love the through line of like the Impala and Chuck's like monologue. I fucking adore it. But it is very slow. So I I get the issue with the pacing. And I'm not as passionate about it as Jamie is, but like I, I get it. Also, by the time you hit season five, you have standards. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they've actually set standards for what you expect a good episode of Supernatural to look like. It's like, we know you're capable of it now. In Jamie's subjective opinion, they did not have the last two episodes as high quality as some of the rest of the seasons. I can respect that while also being like, I think I agree. I think I agree with your opinion on 21. I don't think I agree with your opinion on 22. The other thing that fucked me off was they set up this entire big battle and then it looks like a gust of wind just blew them into the <laughs> which, cage. which I will agree with her on that one. It is that kind of... Fair. That's fair. And you know what? I I can respect that criticism. The thing is, I do feel like now having gone through season five recently as well, I'm I think the reason it ranked lower is that like I don't think I find its ending as satisfying as maybe I used to, which I think is maybe also based on how I feel about the show as a whole. Yeah, I and how I feel about later seasons. Like I also used to really the Kupier I used to be in a sort of a different echelon for me in the way I thought about it and felt about it, and it, I don't feel that way anymore about supernatural in general like that era so i think that also means that season five i'm able to be a little bit more critical and so i can kind of go like i can understand these criticisms i have a lot of nostalgia when i watch swan song which is why i think it's quite well done and i quite like it but i also can see why if you don't have that nostalgia it's not gonna hit the same Jamie also said in the second last episode of season five, I think she was like, oh, you know, I'm starting to warm up to Sam and Dean. So I'm like, you know, I think that, I think that maybe her lack of attachment to the Blorbos may be impacting the way <laughs> she's receiving these emotional <laughs> moments. Be a little. You know? <laughs> Beth, did you want to, I don't think you've elaborated on your season four, five thoughts yet. So my number two, I put four and then five as number one. Okay. Oh, so we had matching lists. We had matching lists. The best is sharing a brain, so. <laughs> I love the in-depth process that particularly August and Beth had of, like, down to the wire. They changed it last minute. <laughs> I love that so much. I'm very simple in the fact that I'm like, 
I love Cass, so it was always going to be those two. Mm-hmm. Cass is statistically in more episodes in season five? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's just purely the fact that he is on their side completely and like the ah. Destiel of it all. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm very easy to please. The Destiel of a season Kripke rankings? Yes. That's just why. <laughs> no, I get that. It's so funny because up until literally this morning when I was thinking about this, if I was going to go back and rewatch episodes of Kripke era, I almost exclusively went to season four episodes. Like I went to 4.9 and 4.10. I went to 4.17, 4.18. Like those were my go-to episodes or Lazarus Rising even. And then watching season five over these last couple of months, I was like, fuck, I forgot how good season five is. Like I hadn't rewatched Dark Side of the Moon in fucking years. And then I rewatched it like three times in a week because I was like, what the fuck have I been, you know, where I've been sleeping <laughs> on this. Like I knew it was good in my mind. I was like, oh, this is like one of the better episodes. But I was like, fuck, it's like real good. Or then Point of No Return, I'd fully forgotten what that episode was about. And I watched it and I was like, Jesus, fuck, where have I been? You know, so I think yeah. I was honestly just so pleasantly surprised by season five that that's where I'm like, oh, I should have been thinking more highly of this season from the get And I will say season five, episode one to season five, episode 20, I would have probably put it as my top ranked one, but the last two episodes just bugged me off too much. <laughs> it's so funny to me how angry you are about or passionate you are about this at season five. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be an interesting next stretch. Imagine yeah. if this was after 15 seasons, I think Jamie. the difference though is... <laughs> I think also it's maybe hindered by the fact that it was supposed to wrap up the whole show and then they were like, oh shit, but no, we can't. And so I think, yeah, they, they cut themselves off. We talked about that in our finale episode quite a bit. Apparently I'm really weird, but I just don't think an episode that was meant to be wrapping up five seasons worth of plot should be underwhelming. <laughs> you know You found it underwhelming. There's a couple <laughs> of episodes that are coming to mind where I'm like, oh, Jamie's gonna hate this. Quite something. The episode with the wires, you know, the one that Jensen hates the effects of? Can you, Jamie, uh, yeah, Beth's face. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? But yeah. You want to talk about underwhelming. That one will be fun because we all like to rip that shred. I don't think Jamie and I agree right now, but if that, in that scenario, we will agree. <laughs> like, it's just so funny that to hear you say that this is an underwhelming finish to this plot line. <laughs> they got blown in by a strong breeze. You've got no idea what's coming. Okay, I also <laughs> have an update. Oh, Elena got back to you. I asked Elena, no, I haven't heard back from Elena, but I have heard back from Noah with his ranking. Oh, okay. Which is interesting because he's another first time viewer. Noah's ranking. He has season two at number five. Noah! You know what? Fucking hot take. Noah had some fucking hot takes in his worst episode nominations too, mm-hmm. actually. So excited to listen. <laughs> Noah has very interesting taste and it's fascinating. I loved it, but it was wild. <laughs> yeah. So Noah just surprises me. It's great. It makes it so much fun. Number four, Noah has season one. At number three, he has season three. He likes season three more, which I think may also, like, Elena loves season three. And, you know, like... When you've got someone there who's, like, fighting for it. Typing it up. Yeah. Yeah. I was the, like, dissenting voice of being like, I don't love this season. Okay, so when he first sent it to me, he had season five at number two and season four at number one. And then he flipped it. And then he sent a second text and was like, I lied. I think season five is my top choice. Noah, we are sharing the brain cell. (laughs) I love it for us. Do you know what is really interesting, actually? Having just had Noah's ranking, I am very 
fascinated because I didn't get to be there for the Jamie Noah post finale episode. I am fascinated to hear the discussion. I was very much like he was way nicer about the season five finale than I was. Yeah, not shocked. (laughs) I'm not shocked. We had like a very different kind of discussion about season five episode in our show. Though I think this week the Franken list is really, really fucking simple because I reckon it's literally all this list. I was gonna say like, boy, basically all. <laughs> it's because you guys all matched all the way up to one and two. Yeah. And I just can't justify putting season five in number one spot. So <laughs> I feel like August list. So actually what we've learned is August is the penultimate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry, so... they are the objectively correct ah. supernatural fan. Congratulations, August. <laughs> We'll post you a little a little trophy. Yeah. <laughs> Just to do a recap, what have we got for our Franken list? Okay. So worst season of Kripke era, season three. Sorry, Elena. Then I think number four was season one. And then number three is season two. And then second best season of Kripke era is season five. Me putting it number three does drag it down to the number two spot. Sorry, Bats. <laughs> Collect Oh, I know. It's fine. We'll commiserate together later. Yeah. But it does mean that August has, in fact, won the ranking. <laughs> I have Elena's rankings. Oh, okay. Oh, good. Again, just wild. At number one, season three. That's insane. <laughs> I thought it was going to be at, like, number two. two or three. It's number one is season three. Number two is season five. Number three is season four. Number four is season two. And number five is season one. I love you, Elena, but you're objectively wrong. (laughs) I think the very funny thing about all of these lists is that there are some commonalities in how we generally all feel. Like season four, objectively, is has to go at the top. It is no lower than number three to anyone, and the only person it's lower than number two is Elena. I feel like the interesting thing about these lists is where everyone has their one quirky, like one very specific opinion. One obscure opinion that they will fight to the death for. One placement that is unmovable for a very specific reason. Whether it's a like unmovable in a low position or unmovable in a high position. (laughs) And it's just funny. Elena, season three being at the top still boggles my mind. And I'm going to talk about season three the entire season. (laughs) So she took the best list. And just moved season three to number one and moved it all down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she did. Yeah, she yeah. was like, completely agree, except for what are you doing with season three? And we said, I completely agree, agree. but yeah, what, are, what are, you are, are you doing with season three? <laughs> the other thing I can't get over is Noah placing season two in number five. And that's, that's like, that's wild to me. That's honestly, I expected Elena's. But I also feel that way a little bit about Jamie's, like, like again, I never assume that I'm going to know what Jamie's doing, so... That's the safest bet. <laughs> never assume you know what she's going to say. Elena's did not surprise me because I've seen her talk about season three before. Um, yeah. But Noah's at number two. Mm. Do you know what is fun about this? And I think that like doing these like wrap-up episodes has really like brought it to light. Is that, you know when you're like on TikTok or whatever and you end up in like, your microcosm? And it's like everyone agrees with you because you've created a microcosm of like people that you agree with, you know, Yeah. <laughs> even like within the pod squad, which is a microcosm we've created. It's really yes. interesting. <laughs> 12 people. How varied. Like 
if I was like having a conversation with you guys, I'd be like, yeah, I feel like our opinions probably align pretty strongly. And obviously they do. But there are some opinions that are like, the fuck are you saying? <laughs> you know, and it, I think it's really interesting, like listening to everyone give their justifications and realizing that even even within the tiny little microcosms that we have, there are some very big varying opinions. And like considering Supernatural as a fandom has such huge varying contrasting opinions about so many things, I just think it's really interesting, like as an experience, as like a, I don't know, a thought experiment to like look Mm -hmm. at how varied it actually is, even within a group of people who typically agree. Like it's Mm -hmm. nuts. Anywho, on that note, I think this might be a good spot to wrap up. So did anyone have any final thoughts or are we happy with how we've got everything ranked? Yes. Perfectly happy. Amazing. Okay. In that case, I think that just about does it. Thank you guys very much again for joining us. (laughs) Did you want to quickly plug your places that you exist on the internet? I mean, at this point, everyone fucking knows. But like, just for the sake of it. (laughs) Instead of pretend. For the sake of professionalism. (laughs) If want to listen to either of the shows that I co-host on that is saving people queering things and find things well which is a queer media podcast find those easily by googling them and if you want to follow me personally I am astral spock on all platforms if you want to listen to me and my supernatural rewatch podcast it's phrasing perdition and then if you want to follow me anywhere it's the loves cast all platforms amazing (laughs) Thank you guys again very much for joining us. It's been a delight. And we will have you both again for some of our other bonus episodes. So anyone (laughs) listening can look forward to that as well. Bye. Bye. Bye.